Rise and shine, baseball fans! It's time once again for a fresh dose of Major League Baseball analysis with the newest community in the game. Bringing together fans from all around the world from their broadcast headquarters in beautiful Southern California, it's Kenny. If what happened this week is any indication, I think we are in for one of the most wild and extravagant off-seasons maybe in baseball history. It's Nika. And you can see his impact already on the younger generations of kids. They all say, I want to be like Shohei. I want to do two-way baseball the way Shohei does. This is the Kanika Baseball Podcast. All right. Yes, indeed. It is Friday and we are back with another episode of the Kanika Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Kenny, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Nika. Good morning, Nika. Good morning, Kenny. Thank you for the intro. Absolutely. And boy, oh boy, do we have a great show for everybody today. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Tops 2024 Series 1, which released on Valentine's Day. A bunch of guys got cards for Valentine's Day. Hilarious. And then, uh, you know, there's been a, a, a controversy. Uh, spring training is getting underway here. Pitchers and catchers have reported and uh, some position players are showing up. And before long, uh, we're going to be having some spring training games here on the schedule. I think the players are getting evaluated. Yeah. And uh, one guy who did show up a lot lighter that we're going to talk about is Alex Manoa. Yes, for the Alec. Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, good to see, honestly. Yeah. He had a really rough year last year and... I think a lot of people probably thought he was done. Let's see if the new and improved Alex Manoa is a different breed of animal here. It'll be interesting to see how he performs. But as spring training has gotten going, there is controversy in baseball, and it has everything to do with this year's new uniforms that are being unveiled. There's a lot to this story, and we're going to get all into it in a little bit. But before we get into anything at all, we got a little bit of uh, breaking news to kick off the show this week. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? All right. Well, I uh, just wanted to give everyone this update. Uh, actually, we got a couple little nuggets to get through in breaking news. The first one, though, is that the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred, according to the news, uh, he's going to be giving up his job in the 2029, like yes. in the spring of 2029. Is that mm-hmm. is that right? Yes, 2029. So, I don't know how the position works, really, but I, I guess he's kind of said that this was the date that he's leaving in the past and he's re- yeah he's just reconfirming that he's going to leave well he said he's retiring in, in 2029 his term ends in January 2029 mm-hmm. so he's not going to try to get reelected yeah i think it's it's going to be a really interesting legacy for Rob Manfred on the game of baseball, who was preceded by Bud Selig, of course, who was there during the the whole steroid era and the debacle of all that. So I think Rob Manfred deserves credit for for steering the ship into what I would say cleaner waters sure. <laughs> in the future. However, I also think he has this a bit of a, a tarnished legacy when it comes to, I don't think he has a great reputation amongst the players. I think he's been in it for the owners for a very long time, on a majority of the issues, and it seems like the players under his reign are consistently getting the short end of the stick. Having said all that, it kind of leads into what's happening with the uniforms and spring training, but again, we'll, we'll get into all of that. I think the things that he's going to be known for are speeding up the game with all these rule changes that they made. And for, you know, sort of steering baseball into, I guess, cleaner waters when it comes to, like, the whole 
issue around performance enhancing drugs. We'll see how his legacy holds up over time. Well, he will also have to negotiate next collective bargaining agreement that's coming up in the 2026. So he'd be part of that. Mm -hmm. And he might be part of the expansion because yeah. they are talking about expanding to for two more teams. That's true. Yeah. So Nashville and, and a lot of that talk know. has been whispered and rumored for a long time. And another thing he might have to deal with is the direct-to-consumer streaming. Yeah, so <laughs> that's all those are a lot of things that are going to be coming up in the next few years. The The thing I'll say about the C the next CBA, the next collective bargaining agreement, is I, I think it, it's going to be tumultuous. Every prominent union has been at war in the last mm -hmm. five years. You look at what happened to Hollywood. I think sports is going to be no different. The last baseball one was pretty nasty. I think they locked out beyond. They started the season late. And if you'll remember, they added all these double headers mm -hmm. to make sure that they played 162 games. Nevertheless, I was grateful that they avoided canceling any games at all. Okay. But looking ahead to 2026, I just think it's going to be even more tumultuous. And like Rob Manfred has a really tough job. I'm not saying that they won't get a deal done, uh -huh. but like, will they avoid a shutdown? Well, I think that's a tough thing on his shoulders because no one wants it it's a revenue loss so when you think about it yeah so he's got to steer that situation really carefully i'll say that interesting to watch <laughs> the the other things you brought up like expansion i definitely think there's going to be expansion but i feel like it's a little bit tricky because now that's what i call a sticky situation <laughs> we we live in this era where pitching is at a premium already you know, and if you're talking about spreading it two teams more, think about that for a second. You have a 25-man roster. You carry like 12 to 13 pitchers on your roster. So you're, you're talking about like 24 to 26 more pitchers, not not to use a negative term here, but to, to basically water down the talent pool all around, spread around. Sure. But would they also expand the scouting into other countries? Well, that's what I wanted to kind of bring up is like, you know, hopefully – there's more and more people getting into baseball, which is not necessarily the case, as we know from the past mm -hmm. few years. It was less. Yes. But hopefully in other countries and, and other places in the world, that's not necessarily the case. And we know that that's not the case. Uh, and, and where you can play it all year round certainly helps your case. Absolutely. Uh, nevertheless, hopefully there's enough talent from the world baseball classics and scouting. And you, you see players all the time that haven't made the majors yet mm -hmm. that are on those rosters. Yeah. Like teams like Team Australia, they had one major league player, but they they, they won a game or two, I think. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but they, they played tough. You know, the Czech Republic had, what, one guy maybe that touched minor league soil? Yet they were fielding a team out there. So, th so there's players. There's players that are hungry and want to play in the big leagues. And also the sports might get a little bit younger, meaning there's going to be a lot yeah. younger players coming up faster than previously. I think. Yes, because more and more teams are looking at their roster as a 40-man roster and not a 20-whatever-it-is-six-man roster now. And and it's just because of the ability to freely move players up and down from AAA to, to the major league team. So you got to go with hot hands, and like if, if guys need to work things out, it'll all sort itself out, you know? Yeah. I think more teams are going to go younger. I agree. We're gonna, and, and San Diego Padres might be exhibit A as we go into this 2024 season. Yeah, so not a lot of depth on that roster right now. Well, the season is right around the corner. 
The season is right around the corner. Before we end this like little breaking news segment, uh, I wanted to quickly address an article that I read in The Athletic this week. And I normally wouldn't highlight articles in The Athletic because they cost money, but this article was unlocked. And it was from the bow tie, as we call him, Ken Rosenthal. Baseball nerd number one. Ken's an establishment guy, even though he'll probably tell you like, well, I went against Major League Baseball and... and there's some truth in that, but he's still an establishment guy who doesn't want to lose his access to the game. Correct. He wrote an interesting column, though, about Scott Boris and his clients and how there's two teams in Major League Baseball that have kind of cleaned house when it comes to having clients of this particular agent on their roster. And we are talking, of course, about Scott Boris and... The two teams are the Atlanta Braves and the Los Angeles Dodgers, the two of the poster child teams in MLB right now. When you talk about roster construction and just how they've been able to go about it, obviously the Dodgers deferring all of Otani's money to build a super team. Come on, man, I've just been doing a little experimentation type thing. And him agreeing to do it. And then Atlanta building what I would say is like sort of the model young team in baseball where they just kind of promoted with from within and, and have built this roster like we, we've talked about the players that are our homebred like Acuna everyone knows but Austin Riley uh, Michael Harris the second Ozzy Albies these are all-star level players at these positions so it kind of came up that they haven't done really business though with any of Scott Boris's clients and and it got me thinking more was there more to the whole Cody Bellinger not staying with the Dodgers than meets the eye a little mm-hmm. bit like was this a orchestrated decision we don't want to do business with a premium sort of player like Cody Bellinger could be paid when this guy is his agent we would rather just cut our losses and and move on I don't know what do you think about this though do you think Ken Ken kind of came to the decision that it's just happenstance it's just sort of circumstance that they haven't had a need for Boris players right now but that doesn't mean that they would necessarily be void of future having one of them on their roster in the future. But what do you think? Do you think that they're making an orchestrated yeah. decision not to? Do I think this? so. I think it's a decision that they came to. They don't want to deal with that kind of uh, agency. Look what's happening with it. The pitchers are not signed, and those are good pitchers. The positions players are not signed, and they are talks about waiting till the last minute. That's not looking out for the health of a player. This is looking out for your own commission more than anything else. And there are other agencies. I, I, I agree with you, kind of. I, I think it's orchestrated intentionally. I, I mm-hmm. don't think it's totally circumstance. I, I think there's probably a little give and take and every situation sure. needs to be evaluated differently based on like what you need in that given moment. But that doesn't mean that you can't plan ahead and maybe try to avoid it at all costs if you can if you're in the position to do so why not do it why not see where that ship is going when you have all the other agencies all the other players come in sign contracts get with the team at the right time at the moment when the spring training starts nobody has to wait and see then they don't have to do the dance right with boris There's still, right now, all these players reporting, working out together, bonding, getting going, talking about the season maybe. And then you have this these 
five, four, five, you know, Jorge Soler signed with the Giants. We we didn't mention that in our news, but he is the first of the six that we talked mm-hmm. about last week to cave. But Snell, Montgomery, Bellinger, uh, Chapman. Matt Chapman, and then uh, I, f- I forget the fifth one now. He was with the Soler level. Yeah, but I don't think it matters really who they are. The, f- the point is they are all showing up right now. The pitchers and catchers are... Mm-hmm. scheduled to show up well i i thought it was just kind of interesting that ken wrote this article and then and then decided to kind of i don't want to say chicken out but he kind of I, stirred it out of controversy at the end by saying like yeah but this isn't there's nothing to see here and it's like okay then why did you bring it up why did you highlight it typical oh. ken responds kind of yeah it's like hi i i want to bring up this thing that might be kind of controversial but at the end of the day there's nothing to see here it's like business as usual uh, yeah so I tend to agree with you more that it is orchestrated a little bit by design by those two teams to just say like, you know, the Dodgers have two guys on their roster on one year deals that are Boris clients and the Braves have zero. So okay. between two teams, there's two guys on one year deals. That's it. Maybe it hasn't started out as purposely trying to avoid that agency, but certainly became that as uh, contracts started expiring and mm-hmm. you are being uh, reassigned. Yeah. I want to know what other team going to take that route. I kind of want to go back and look and and, and I, I, I don't because it sounds like a lot of work and it might just not yield that interesting results. But I, I kind of just want to know from past years, free agencies where the Dodgers were rumored to be looking versus where the players ultimately signed and, and, and Specifically, Boris' clients. Is uh-huh. there a, like a list of all his clients online somewhere? Oh, I'm sure. Oh, okay. I'm sure, but I'm just saying you could look at all these big free agents, right? And just kind of look around and see what what's what. All right. Well, I think we've talked on this long enough. Uh, Boris Gate is in effect in Atlanta and in Los Angeles, at least uh, in Echo Park by Dodger Stadium. However, there's another gate going on, and that is uh, Uniform Gate. Oh. Uniform Gate has happened in spring training, and we're here to get into it a little bit. There's controversy over the new 2024 uniforms. Do you want to explain, Nika? They got redesigned. And not a lot of players like, it's a half and half, I would say. It's a split market. But the fans and players don't care for the uniforms. They look cheap. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me when you were a kid, you could tell an authentic uniform (laughs) from the knockoff one. You know, like the game-worn jerseys had a higher quality feel and stitching to them. And then there was just me who just wanted to have a Ken Griffey Jr. shirt or whatever, that it had a different material. It wasn't like the uniform that they wore in the game. It was a cheaper fabric, and it had more of a probably universal... It wasn't hand-sewn when it came to, like, the numbers and the letters on the back. You know, it was probably done by some high-end manufacturing process. And and these new jerseys look more like the, the cheap ones that I had when I was a kid, I guess. So my first reaction to it was basically to be like what a piece of junk what a piece of junk exactly luke skywalker exactly that's exactly how i felt like when i saw these uniforms the first time but it's kind of getting momentum the story so i i feel like they put out the new uniforms and like the the marketing and the press people like were i i don't know if they expected this or not 
I don't know if they're that out of tune with reality where like they knew are. that yeah. the jerseys were cheaper or if they just were like, oh, we just can get away with it. No one's going to notice and say anything. But it's kind of funny because, you know, I found in the CBS article that they, they used these quotes from Nolan Arenado, Ronald Acuna Jr. and Adley Rushman. Mm-hmm. They used these three quotes to talk about how players were actually in favor of the new uniforms. Because a lot of players have been coming out on social media and saying that they don't like the new uniforms. And we'll get into that in a minute. But I thought it was hilarious because when you hear these quotes, it made me wonder, like, are these really quotes from these guys? Let me give you a little taste of these quotes. All right. This is Nolan Arenado. Quote, the Nike Vapor Premier Jersey is soft, light, and comfortable. It's almost like wearing my favorite shirt out on the field. And so easy to move around in, end quote. I call it BS on that one. What do you guys think? Did, did, did Nolan Arenado say that? Or did somebody from Aaron, Nolan Arenado's marketing team write that and submit that as an answer to a question? I'm going to go with, uh, that was an email answer from marketing. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Next. Next up, Mr. Adley Rushman. Push, push. I want to see you. I want to see you get free with me. Exactly, Paula. Paula, maybe you can tell us, is this is this genuine Adley Rushman? Quote, the jerseys this season are much more breathable, with vents on the numbers and better airflow all around. It's really going to make a difference during those hot summer games when I'm in full gear. Another BS response. I have a hard time believing <laughs> Adley Rushman would go into this if, much of a detail answering a dumb questions. About if Ken you. Rosenthal asked, Adley Rushman in the dugout, like, what do you think of the new uniforms? I oh, don't think more. he would answer it quite like that. Yeah, I don't either. All right. Um, and last up, barely able to speak English, Ronald Acuna Jr. This was Ronald Acuna Jr. And no, we don't know if this was translated from Spanish. And as I've learned in the subtitle game, ooh, that can be a real tricky situation. Okay. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Quote, these new uniforms fit better and feel lighter. I play fast and want to wear something that won't pull when I'm running. Feeling free in the jersey is the best feeling in the world. I call another BS on that one. Knowing how Ronald Acuna answers questions because I listen to his interviews, this is not something he would say. Feeling free in the jersey is the best feeling in the world. I'm sorry. Hold on. Maybe that was translated from Spanish. Maybe someone miscued on that one. Feeling yeah. free in the jersey. Nobody talks like this. Nobody. Oh, my gosh. It reminds me of Elaine in that Seinfeld episode where she's trying to figure out what to write about the Himalayan walking shoes. My feet are resilient. Thank God I took off my heels and put on my Himalayan walking shoes. Oh, yeah. That's a funny episode. Exactly. So no one can convince me that someone in marketing didn't drum up these responses. And and this was all came out when the jerseys were unveiled. So they were like ahead of it. And and since then, now things have gotten kind of bad. A lot of players are, are very sad because the names, oh, uh, that's the another nameplates issue. on the back of the jersey, uh, the letters are smaller than in past seasons. And more... In- I don't want to name names, Juan Encarnacion Strand, but there might be a little bit of a reason beyond just going cheap for that one sometimes. Because as I was writing down his name for a later segment we have coming up, I was like, wow, that's a long name with yeah. those new jerseys. It's the longest name in the baseball. 
history, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I did think of that when I saw the nameplates. And it's unfortunate that Bobby Witt, even if he has the junior on his name, will will get like minuscule letters because of Encarnacion Strand's existence. Nevertheless, Dansby Swanson. Now that's Lieutenant Diane. Lieutenant Diane! He has mixed feelings on the new uniforms, and he's also signed by Nike, who is, their their label is on these new uniforms, and he has said that he is going to reach out to his people at Nike and, and hopefully open up a dialogue about it. So Lieutenant Diane, playing it down the middle, trying to solve it peacefully, get the situation resolved for the players, and everyone can be on and on with the game. I do think it's going to be a bigger issue. I, I think the Players Association, they're starting to get involved just mm-hmm. now as of like this morning. At least the article I read was from this morning. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what level they take this to. Like, are they going to draw a line in the sand? Uh, oh, yeah, they will. They're going to say maybe next year because we already made those unis. Oh, I, I can already see that response mm-hmm. coming. But I also feel like if they don't do anything about it now, it will become a, a part of this 2026 collective bargaining agreement that we were just talking about like the literal uniforms is going to be up for debate it could happen and on top of it these uniforms they look cheap and they're going to be priced twice as much as the previous one because of the inflation well there's one other aspect of this that i want to bring up because it says right at the top of the cbs article the new nike uniforms which are manufactured by Fanatics. The bigger story, though, is, uh, and I just kind of want to raise the question, is does Fanatics have too much power now in baseball and, and in sports, period? Because it seems like they're sort of making a monopoly over this entire industry where they're making the jerseys. They bought the sports cards side of the business. They bought Tops. They bought Panini. They bought everyone that makes... So they're buying up people that make sports merchandise. I've heard players like Mike Trout. If even have Trout. There are no trout. What can you mean, no trout? There are trout. Many trout. Say that they don't sign cards anymore unless it's through Tops or Fanatics. So it really feels like they're trying to put a monopoly on the market when it comes to sports, merchandise, and sports collectibles. Mm -hmm. And if you go to their website, it's like they sell the same damn shit with a different team's logo on it everywhere. And it's probably made dirt cheap overseas somewhere and and they're literally stealing the if you want a chicago bears spatula the bears. The bears. you're gonna have to buy it through fanatics you know if you want a los angeles dodgers underwear you're gonna have to buy it through fanatics if you want a, a los angeles angels pen a los angeles lakers backpack like you're gonna have to buy it through fanatics it, it just seems like it's this is the direction that this is all kind of going in right now and i i I really think it's scary and to think about i i could tell you one thing i won't be buying really hardly any sports merchandise in the future yeah it's uh becoming monopoly and that's not good for the business it's becoming too big to fail yeah it really is well as we let go of jersey gate or uniform gate as i guess it's being called a lot of gates this week boris gate and then we have a uniform gate happening now scandals and controversies as we start spring training everybody well we had a another drama uh, baby drama yeah you gotta have drama conflict drama sells it does uh, we know that from the hollywood industry and and what's on tv all right something else of drama i guess to throw into this week's podcast is the release of tops 2024 series one this is kind of the kickoff you know of the baseball card season if you will 
every year. And uh, just as in previous years, the the number one thing I think everyone looks at right away is who are the hot rookies going to be in this set? At least as we look, not just now, but also throughout the year. It, it's tough to predict, but here are the names. Well, first off, what do you think of the design this year, Nika? We, we were looking at the design earlier of a few of the teams and the cards, and, and this is just the base design that everything else is kind of going to be made off of, the chrome. But the base design, what do you think? I like the design. I like the gradient on it. The black to white. The black to white gradient starting from the top to the bottom. Dark on top goes mm-hmm. lighter to the yeah. bottom. I do like that. I don't think previous cards had that. They've always had, like, in the in the years we've been looking at them, a white border around the whole entire edge of the card. Yeah, I, I like the black. When I saw them, they reminded me a little bit of uh, the 1986 design, which is from when I was a kid. Okay. Um, which had a solid black top with, like, the team name and the color written in it. But it was not a green. And then it had a white. It was not a gradient. Okay. It had a white frame for, around the picture of the rest of it. So. Okay. It was literally 10 to 15% at the top was just this nameplate in black and then the white. So the black and white kind of on the same design is what made me think of that. And then also having the team name written in a different color on top in the black. So it gave me that 1986 tops feeling. And then also maybe a little 1971 tops because 1971 tops is famously the only or the first black border set that they ever made. And they are notoriously hard to collect because of that. Black shows a lot more than white. So when you have a little nick on your border or you have a little flubbed corner, it just, oh, it's terrible. So it's really hard to find those cards in really nice condition. Yeah, the imperfection will show a lot. Yeah. And then also, at the, those were all black. Mm-hmm. And the team name was also written in color at the top. A little bit simpler of a design. And I think the name and the position was also at the top on those so a little bit different where we have the name and the position down below but overall i like the design i think it's going to be sharp so really quick let's go through some of these rookie cards that we can look forward to seeing well the big name on everyone's list this year is ellie de la cruz we talked quite a bit about ellie last year on the cincinnati reds really exciting fun player to watch have to see how the numbers hold up over the next few years to call him i think a, a superstar but He is definitely the number one rookie this year to look out for and collect. And what do you think? Do you think he's going to hold up over time? Or do you think he's just a shiny penny? I don't know. Time will tell. He will have to go through the sophomore slump first before he gets anything. It's a good point you bring up. Every player has to go through that second adjustment Mm -hmm. where they come up, the league doesn't really know them that well yet, and so they're able to do some things and show off a little bit because there's just not a lot of film. And then the league sort of starts to figure out, okay, here's your blue spots in the strike zone. Here's where you ice cold, baby. Right. And, uh, you know, this guy does strike out a lot. Mm -hmm. So he's really got to, he's going to have to make that adjustment where he cuts those strikeouts down a lot and becomes a higher contact hitter. If he's going to become a hall of fame caliber first ballot player. I don't think he's going to be a first ballot player. Yeah, I don't think so either, but I do think he's going to be a really exciting player to watch over the next few years while he's younger. Yeah. I'm curious to see how he ages into his frame. He has a long, tall, athletic frame, but as you get older, that could become more parts to break down, 
So we'll have to see how it holds up. Great. I'm going to quickly go through the rest of this list. We got Jason Dominguez, who, of course, is on the Yankees. He's out <laughs> for the season, unfortunately, because he, he came up last year and hit a couple of home runs and then tore his ACL. Tough times. Evan Carter of the World Series champion Rangers. <laughs> who was kind of a late addition to their team last year. And so his rookie card is going to be here. Okay. He's already got a ring. Colton Kowser of the Orioles. The Orioles just stacked. <laughs> He's got rookie cards for days, probably. Christian Encarnacion Strand, who we talked about. His rookie card will be here first base. Uh, he's taking over for Joey Votto okay. uh, for Cincinnati. We got Mark Marco Luciano, a Giants shortstop. Sal Freelich, Brewers outfielder. Curtis Mead, a prospect I've been following for a while coming up for the Rays. Hopefully going to help because they need it after losing Wander Franco. Zach Geloff of the A's, second baseman. And then a couple fun stories to end with. Nolan Chanel is the first one. Uh, he's, of course, a first baseman for the Angels. He, if you'll remember was drafted last year and wound up getting onto the major league roster. Like, so you're drafted in July at the all-star break, like right after that and somehow made it onto the big league roster last year and now has a rookie card coming out pretty fast. Turn around for Nolan Chanel. Congratulations. Might be the fastest ever rookie card made. And then, uh, Henry Davis, who of course is the former number one overall pick from 2021. He debuted last year with the pirates and they have high hopes for him, of course. And the pirates look out. Henry Davis, Cabrian Hayes, who's there? Uh, O'Neal, O'Neal Cruz. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to be back from that broken ankle. Remember, he broke his yeah. ankle early. In the, so look out for the Pirates, man. Uh, they got young talent. We've talked about how this is becoming a young game. And then uh, they also got uh, Paul Seward. Is that his name? The pitcher from LSU? Okay. And he's going to be major league ready this year, according to uh, the knuckleheads on TV. Okay. I don't have a high expectation for the Pirates this season, but I hope every team plays well. Overall, I think the the Topps rookie card class is okay for Series 1. I mm-hmm. think Series 2 and beyond, an update is where the money's going to be at this year, especially if Jackson Holiday starts the season with the Orioles as their starting shortstop. You can damn well bet Topps is going to put out his rookie card by the end of the year, and that will be a hot commodity card. You know, you're talking about the number one overall prospect in all of baseball for the past two years now. Orange Birds. The MLB released their power rankings. Orioles are number four in a power ranking. Braves are number one and Dodgers are number two. All that money and they are still number two. Who's number one? The Braves. The Braves, Dodgers, Astros, Orioles, Rangers. Well, we did not talk about uh, Kyle Bradish. He, unfortunately, has a UCL injury. However, it's apparently not serious, and they don't know if he's going to have surgery. Maybe he's just trained. Yeah. All right. Well, we have one little announcement. Not announcement necessarily, but not a cute nugget. Alex? Alec. His name is Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa. My bad. With the K at the end. I always thought it was Alex for some reason. No, it's Alec. My my apologies, Alec. Alec Manoa. Yeah, we we, we should give him some props and, and a, a, a round of applause, if you will. <laughs> Alec Manoa had a rough 
year last year, he was sent down, I believe, like not not just to the minors, but twice he was sent down to the beginning. Like he went to below A ball to work it out, and and he didn't really work it out last year. He had a tough time. He had a tough back, time. Yeah. However, he has shown up to camp, and he is noticeably lighter. Yes, lost around twenty to thirty pounds by implementing keto diet. Fascinating. Well, the reason why this story caught our attention is, of course, because you and I sort of live a keto lifestyle. We we don't eat a lot of carbs and sugar. Yes, we are definitely not. And, you know, someone like me, I've lost now close to 80 pounds, so I can understand why he would be having success with this diet. And I feel like more players, whether they're in great shape or not, should probably be eating less carbs and less sugar overall in their diet and eating more meat. And and they, I think you would see a reduction in injury around the game, particularly with pitchers and arms and tendons and things like that. I can't tell you like the amount of macronutrients that are in a steak that would benefit your ligaments and oh, your gosh. joints. Fat gets a bad reputation, but when you stop and think about it, it's it's like lubrication for your joints and for your all these little tendons to work better. And human body has four organs just to deal with fat that you eat. Four mm-hmm. organs. There's zero to deal with sugar. Yeah. That tells you something. Your body is so smart. It's amazing. It's yeah. smarter than your doctor. That's for sure. It, it is a great story. And, and, and that's one I want to follow and look at more closely. And I hope that his story can be an example for other players that are struggling with their weight. I, I know throughout the years, it feel, I feel like some players like CC Sabathia and the, the guy on the Mets, Vogelbach, you know. The, oh, like yeah. These, these, these heavier kind of players they they feel defined by their weight and they Mm -hmm. they feel like that if they lose it that they maybe won't hit as many home runs as they used to and and then you see a guy like corbin carroll and you're like stop lying to yourself the dude is 5'10 165 and And look how quick he is and he had 25 homers and 25 stolen bases Mm -hmm. i i just think you guys are looking at it the wrong way like get healthy you will hit more bombs you will have more bat speed you can't tell me that if you lose weight and put more muscle on that you wouldn't have more bat speed. You will have more power. If you have more bat speed, you have more power. Yeah. So it's I, just math. It's just science. And it's, it's worth talking about. It's hard for some players. Like you say, they have been defined by their weight. Mm-hmm. So if they lose the weight, they feel the power goes with it. And that's not the case. You might have to readjust certain things you might have to change your swing or the way you pitch a little bit because you're going to be lighter yes i think these are only going to be like positive benefits yeah and and i guess i would just be curious to see what happened i i think it's foolish to think that all players are just going to magically give up carbs and sugar you know of course not look at how like some some guys choose so much gum that uh, there's like so much sugar in it. It's 100 calories just from a gum and that's the manager from the the Guardians. Yeah. And and you look at how he looked like in that documentary and 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 his age and stuff. I I think a lot of it was caused by that gum. Every time you have a game and you chew 1500 calories, how much sugar is in that gum? Well, we're going to talk about this throughout the season. We're going to keep our eyes on Alec Manoa and we are going to, you know, wish him well. I hope he does well. I hope this turns his whole career around and it can become a bigger story because of it so that more people can learn the benefits of living with less carbs and sugar in their life. It's possible. You and I have done it. 
and it's made a huge difference in our personal health and we would recommend it almost exclusively to everybody. No matter what your health problems are in life, no matter what you think might be causing them, it's worth looking at. Congratulations, Alec, and I hope he makes the most of this opportunity because we saw a guy like Lance Lynn put it back on. And and, and yet we know from reading articles with him in 2013 and 2014 that he credited his weight loss to the keto lifestyle, to cutting out sugar and carbs. And not, we know now that he just drinks beer all the time. So, uh, Different story. But hopefully Manoa doesn't relapse because it's easy. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Kanika Baseball Podcast. We will uh, be following the start of spring training here. And as the games get going, I'm sure we'll have them on in the background during the day here and be talking about everything that we see happening. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, we will also be talking about our our schedule moving forward and and how we're going to cover differently maybe than last year. So stay tuned. Uh, We have to figure that out. All right. Until next time, we'll talk to you then everybody have a wonderful weekend bye